then the next season comes and you got a new person and you got to win their heart all over again. And they might have come from another property management group and they already have a preconceived notion of who they want to use or who, who you are as a company. Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. The podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Today, we're joined by Joe Klein from Trademark Heating and Cooling, and we're going to talk about how he's grown his HVAC business in an area that is predominantly rental properties. Yeah, this is year nine, uh, as, you know, so it's uh, grown more than I thought that it ever would. Um, and and it's, it's been growing pains, basically, um, but, you know, been, it's been a good thing. It's uh, hectic, but it's been good. Yeah, so how does that work down in the Outer Banks? Because I know that a lot of those areas are are pretty spread out, you know, a good 30, 45-minute drive uh, to each of those different areas. Do you service the entire Outer Banks or uh, just like the whole All the way to the Virginia line, um, all the way down to Hatteras. Oh, wow. Yeah, big area, Elizabeth City, everything. Yeah. But, you know, typically try to schedule all those – people in groups and areas and have, you know, technicians stationed in those areas taking care of just those calls. So we're not driving all over the place. Yeah. So how does it, how does it really work down there? Cause I know a lot of, um, a lot of the homes down there are vacation properties and rental properties. So do you, uh, service a lot of those rentals during the summer or during the winter months? Um, well, both, but um, typically um, the um, homes that are vacation rentals, a lot of them, the majority of them become winterized for the winter because they don't have a, an influx of people here um, vacationing in the winter for, um, you know, uh, you know, in the wintertime. But in the summertime, of course, we get that big rush of people and we go from like a county of i want to say i think it's like thirty thousand people it's probably more than that now that covid but uh, a lot of people have moved here but um you know from 30 grand um to a couple million and and that couple million changes out every week um it goes you know every week on saturday or sunday everybody leaves that was here for vacation and then a whole new group comes so traffic you know, is crazy, but we do the, um, you know, we do service those homes as homes are either managed by property management groups or by the homeowners themselves. And, um, you know, yes, we do service them. Um, it's, it's unlike being back in Hampton roads or, um, the places that I came up in this industry where you're in front of a customer. Um, cause most of the time you're not, most of the time you're in front of somebody that's there on vacation and you're dealing with the customer over the phone, whether it be the property management group or the owner of the home that's lives afar in Jersey or Pennsylvania or wherever. And, um, you're having to do make those dealings, um, via phone and email. Yeah. So what are some challenges you've faced when dealing with, uh, property management companies? Um, um, the, some of the challenges are, I guess, you know, one of the biggest ones is, you know, um, property management groups, they obviously, well, they deal with, you know, certain companies that, and, you know, um, really it's up to the homeowner if they have a preference, um, who they'd rather have service their systems or have serviced their, um, their homes, 
whether it be one or multiple homes, um, they have that ultimate decision. However, property management groups a lot of times recommend certain companies. So every year, the problem that I've seen is you win, a, a win their hearts, you know, uh, of a property management group and, and the maintenance manager, and they like you a lot and they use you a lot. And then wintertime comes and it's really slow and property management group lays off a number of people, including that maintenance manager or something like that, or maybe the maintenance manager leaves. Um, Cause there's a lot of change in employment here, but yeah. the, and the next season comes and you got a new person and you got to win their heart all over again. And they might have come from another property management group and they already have a preconceived notion of who they want to use or who, who you are as a company. And they, you know, they have their favorites. Um, so sometimes you're having to win their hearts again and again and again. So it's, it's a constant battle. Um, well, luckily we have a lot of a huge customer base. So we're, um, and most of those are with those homeowners individually instead of property management. So that we're able to, um, retain most of our customers, um, and being through whether through property management groups or individually. And we do that through maintenance agreements. Really. That's our, that's our bread and butter. Try to keep those people in our circle. Yeah. So is there a way for you to, get in as like a partner at the, I guess, at the top level of the, the property management companies, or do you have to always go through the individual manager? Um, there is a way, I, actually the homeowners, when they set up their accounts with their property management group, they actually um, will say, um, you know, Hey, um, my preferred vendor is trademark and, or whoever it might be. And um, they'll let them know that. So the, when there's an issue, and the person answering the phone at that property management group pulls up that account. That account says, hey, their preferred vendor for HVAC is trademark. And they'll call us before they call somebody else. Um, yeah. and getting in at the top, not, I mean, I don't, we don't really get to bypass maintenance, um, the maintenance department. That's not really, I mean, there, I guess some people rub elbows down here and are able to do that. And they've known these people for a long time. I'm not even from around here. So, you know, a lot of people said I couldn't, I'd never break into the market here because I'm not a local, but, uh, you know, I've made myself a local and I've, I've, I've created a presence for a trademark here. So we've actually been able to do well. In that That's awesome. So you said that you were, you, you got your start in the industry here in the Hampton Roads area. What, what, what part of Hampton Roads are you in? Um, Virginia beach oh, um, nice. is where I started out. Um, my cousin has a company there and I worked for him for quite a while. And then I went over to a company out of Chesapeake, worked there for a long, long time and helped with, uh, I guess the rebuilding of downtown Norfolk rotunda building, um, that whole Granby area. Um, and then I moved on to a company uh, uh, that did just industrial and commercial and, um, only industrial and commercial, um, work. And, uh, and that was back in Virginia beach because I lived in Virginia beach. Um, and I did that until I came down here and started this company and it was uh, nice. a little bit different down here. <laughs> yeah. So what are some challenges you've seen, um, to, to grow your business down in the outer banks since starting down there? Um, well, you know, not being a local here, not knowing a whole lot of people. Um, and so trying to make people, confide in you and, and understand that, you know, that you're going to do good work. But I think that's really how 
we've come so far is concentrated on quality of work and actually showing up and answering the phone um, and actually show like doing what we said we were going to do. Um, the, the whole reason that started me come down here is my mother used to uh, manage a, a huge hotel here on the beach road. And it's like, you know, I, I call a company and it'll take them three to five days. They'll say, yeah, we'll get somebody out. And then three to five days later, somebody shows up. Well, that tells me that either they were lazy or B, there was a huge demand for HVAC professionals down here in this market. And uh, so after a lot of those talks with her, I decided to just start it, uh, start something down here. And it was just me and a van uh, to begin with um, first year and a half, actually first year and a half. And um, God, I think I did a $125,000 in revenue my first year. It wasn't much. And, um, and we grew it, um, my, um, to, you know, I think we're doing a couple, several million dollars a year now, but you know, a, a challenge here is finding employees. Um, you know, we have a small community and to find the people that have these skills to be able to do the job has been a challenge, um, or people that actually are qualified and, and reliable or was a challenge. Um, um, you know, so yeah, there's been several, several different issues with, um, but we've done well. Yeah. So how do you go about finding quality talent and quality teammates for you with it being such kind of a smaller community? Um, you know, I've put some stuff out on social media. Um, I've also put stuff on our website before. I think our biggest thing was social media and going to the local community college as well. Um, making local posts in like chamber of commerce, stuff like that. Um, we've gone to the local, um, community college and actually have um, been talking to them recently about um, their program there because they have an HVAC program there, which seems to be pretty good. Um, but we are um, going to be talking with them here soon about holding classes here uh, in the future for some of their students and some of those students able to get hands-on training right here. Because um, that, you know, and I see that a lot is, uh, you know, you, you get your get people from out of school and they, they might have spent X amount of time in school studying HVAC, but there's nothing like hands-on experience. So, um, you know, getting people that that actually have that hands-on experience has been a challenge. We've been trying to recruit out of the college for a while, but they don't have the facility to be able to, um, to actually teach that way. So I offered to try to help them out and, and it, you know, maybe I get some good employees out of it, um, but to hold some classes here, Nate certifications and such. Um, um, cause we have a large metal shop. And, um, so we do training for our employees here. So I figured I'd extend that to the students there. We, I have recently decided that, you know what, if I can't find the people that already have the skills, why don't I make the people that have the skills? So I've started recruiting people that have no HVAC experience at all and starting them from the ground up and training them. Somebody that would really appreciate a better job and appreciate learning a skill or trade. Um, and I've recruited people from the movie theater. I've recruited people from the local restaurant and um, trading them from, you know, banging together ductwork all the way up into technician 
uh, technician status or, um, you know, and gotten them some certifications and taught them the right way. That way I can mold them the way that they need to be molded instead of picking up people that have uh, habits that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want, but, you know, you know, just, yeah. you know, that have picked up bad habits in the industry along the way. Um, so yeah, I feel first, like that's a good way to go. Yeah. That way you don't have like a melting pot of technicians who have all been trained from different places with different habits that are some good, some bad. And then they're teaching other people those habits. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause you can pick up a technician from anywhere and you can preach all day on how he needs to, you know, balance a charge with superheat or subcool. And then he gets out there and nobody's around and he, does it his own way. And next thing you know, you got callbacks or something like that. So, uh, you know, I, I figured if I just pick up people that have zero knowledge of that, teach them the right way to do it. And next thing you know, I've got an amazing technician who also appreciates his job and appreciates me for giving him this opportunity and training him and spending that time with him. Um, I, I think it's, it's been, it's worked out well. Yeah. That's awesome. So, what are some ways through marketing that you've grown your business? Um, web, the web is, is huge. Um, you can't, um, not, you can't go knocking on people's doors. You can't, you know, because there's ho most of the homeowners don't live here. Um, you can't send out mailers. I mean, you, you can, but you're sending them to, people in other states. I mean, um, you know, the 90% of the homeowners here, they don't live here, you know? So it's really a different, different, um, environment here. Uh, at web presence is huge. Um, trying to get your name out through the internet via your website or whatever it is, other digital marketing. Um, but strictly, um, that um, we've done a few print ads here and there in newspapers. We always do the Chamber of Commerce just because you know that's their they run our community and they they're the voice of our community. Um, and there's a few little publications that people look at a lot. Um, the Outer Banks Voice and such. Those um, those um, get big a lot of hits from out of town people that are uh, familiar with it that own homes here. So we've done some of that stuff. Um, but mainly just web presence, um, you know, our website and such, um, SEO and, um, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's the, the first thing I thought about when we learned that you were down the outer banks, I was like, how does he reach someone who lives in Pennsylvania who, if they go on Google and they're in Pennsylvania and they search, you know, HVAC contractors, um, and, they mean for, you know, for their beach home, like how do you reach those people? Uh, so it probably, I can understand why it's so huge to be up at the top there for, um, for those people, especially online, because like you said, you, you can't send any print mailers to their beach home cause they're not going to be there. And then trying to pin down their physical location throughout the United States could probably be pretty challenging too. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? You go through, uh, you know, the, the county's GIS system and look up the owner through the property tax records. I mean, that would take forever. It would take, yeah. you know, you, you wouldn't get anywhere. So there are companies that have some of that information. There are, um, you know, every once in a while, we'll throw flyers in, um, in, in the uh, maintenance companies, uh, the property management companies, um, 
uh, email blast or or any kind of handouts that they do to the owners. Because, you know, typically once a year, the beginning of the season, which is probably around February, March, um, they have like an owner's week or owner's month where the owners come down here and go over their contract with the maintenance agreement uh, with their property management company, I'm sorry. Um, and, you know, they go over their homes and they start opening these things up and flipping on all the switches to make sure everything works and ready for the season, making those repairs. Um, assessing any kind of damage that might have happened during any kind of storms or whatever. And then while they're here and they're meeting with those property management companies, they're handing them a welcome bag like, hey, thanks for coming back to us this year. And a lot of times there'll be coupons and stuff from all kinds of different vendors um, up and down the beach. So sometimes we'll throw a couple mailers in there or something like that, some coupons or some notices, um, and we'll do an email blast. And But um yeah. yeah that's how they're getting information i mean you don't you're never in front of the homeowner uh most yeah. homeowners we i've talked to them on the phone a hundred times don't know what they look like <laughs> yeah i can imagine that being pretty challenging so what are some other challenges um during like the busy season you know when it comes to emergency repair because you know it can obviously it gets really hot down there and if someone's on vacation they get to their rental and it's the ac is not working uh, how do you guys go about like that emergency service? Um, well, we have that, um, you know, the phones ring to one of our, our phones. Well, somebody takes the phone, um, you know, we rotate it. Um, but it comes to one of our employees because of our, because of the way that we operate down here. I didn't feel like some, an answering service would be really beneficial because it's not, it, it's, it's an impersonal, I guess, you know, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you build relationships with these people. So, um, A, uh, we'll take the call, whether it be property management or the, uh, or the homeowner and, and, you know, try to field that call, get somebody over there. Yes. We offer 24 hour service. Um, a lot of times the chat, some of the challenges are traffic during the daytime or during the weekends. Um, because that the influx influx of tourists, uh, or, you know, the people here on vacation, and then the uh, one of the other challenges is, you know, you've got people that that leave on a, like a Saturday morning and go back home. Well, then you have cleaners in there and all these people in there prepping the house for the next group. And then that afternoon, you got another set that, that checks in and the doors were open all day long. So the new group mm -hmm. of people get in there and the doors have been open, the windows have been open. And uh, next thing you know, you're getting a call on a Saturday night or a Sunday night and they're going, hey, the AC doesn't work it's 85 degrees in here. Well, like the doors have been open for 12 hours, guys, you know, yeah. kind of hard to cool a house when the humidity is that high. And the next morning they call and sometimes you, you get those where the humidity was so high, it still hasn't really cooled the house down and they're still complaining about it. But you know, there's, there's a process of that. And before you start dropping the temperature, you know, humidity has got to go down and all the walls, all the furniture is a certain temperature. So, you know, the challenges are people not understanding that and, you know, traffic and um, really just getting people there and all over the place. You know, we get calls from one end to the other and um, yeah. you get a call in Kerala and you only have two guys on for the weekend or three guys on for the weekend. You get a call in Kerala or a couple calls in Kerala and then you get a call down in Hatteras. You know, it's a it's a long drive down there. Yeah. So do you all service, I know you said you go down to Hatteras, but do you also go down to like Ocracoke or? 
Uh, used to do okra coke. I don't. I used to go down to okra coke and myself or somebody down there once every two weeks or so. But um, they started really relying on us to be down there a little bit more often. And um, it's a more than all day trip to go to okra coke and service a few calls and then come back. And I just didn't feel like I was doing them any justice by going down there once every two weeks and then couple days later somebody calls and says my ac's out and they expect you to come down and fix it but um so well i was just there a few days ago and i wouldn't plan on coming back for another week and a half and you know upsetting people so i, I just kind of cut Cook off there's a couple little companies down there a single guy you know yeah. companies one truck companies that that service that area so i just left it up to them just let them do their thing down there Go down yeah. to Hatteras mainly just for restaurants and such. A couple houses, but down there on the island, mainly just the restaurants and such because we do refrigeration as well. Gotcha. Okay, so that's that was actually my next question. I was going to ask if you do commercial at all because there are a lot of commercial buildings and restaurants and you know gift shops and stuff down there. So you do the commercial side as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's uh, a big portion of my business. Um, and yes, we do commercial. The commercial down here isn't like the commercial in Virginia or in a, a metro area. The commercial here is more like light commercial. It's it's almost like residential, basically. Um, we do have a lot of the hotels, um, the Ramada, the Hilton, Sea Ranch. Um, <laughs> but um, those, I mean, those are the big commercial buildings that actually have commercial systems. There's no there's not even any gas on the beach. Um, oh, wow. there's, yeah, there's, there's a few spots that have gas on the beach road. Um, there's a few spots that have three phase power, but, um, for the most part, everything is residential split system, five tons or below. Um, so we don't get that large, um, commercial, um, business or unit. We don't have many large commercial units. There's like two chillers. I mean, yeah, two chillers, and I think there's two cooling towers on this whole beach, and um, we're actually getting ready to switch the, uh, one of the hotels over um, from all the rooftop package units, which I think the biggest one is like a seven and a half ton, but we're going over to VRF, so that should probably be one of the biggest refrigerator, uh, well, commercial systems on the on the beach, most high tech um, stuff on the beach, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to uh just see how it how it holds up with the corrosion and such yeah here. yeah so what are some some what are some of the challenges that you all face with corrosion and especially with like hurricane season well hurricane season is what it is i mean you know yeah. it causes damage um the corrosion is is unlike anything i've ever seen i mean i've heard the corrosion is bad down here and i knew the corrosion was you know a thing down here but until i lived down here and started the business i didn't realize how bad the corrosion i mean we're talking if you live on a beach side we're talking five to seven years on the system you wow. know you're replacing your system every five to seven years i mean it is it is brutal it will tear your system up i mean your coils your outdoor units do not last uh we do a coastal coating we've got couple different types of coastal coatings one that we actually get we send our systems to a company in virginia beach that coats them and sends them back to us um wow. an excellent coating and and that's proved to hold up very well 
Um, we also do an in-house coating. It's a little bit lesser quality, um, just the product itself. Um, but it's a, uh, it's been a challenge, uh, and, and it's hard explaining that or or expressing how how hard it is, how harsh it is on your system to homeowners that live in a non-coastal environment that don't have those issues that just own properties here. And you say, sir, you need to get the coastal coating. And they say, I don't want to spend the extra money. And you go, well, it's a, you know, your return on investment. And, you know, if you get an extra three years out of your system, if you get an extra year out of your system, it's worth it. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's really harsh. I've never seen anything like it. I think every company that has any kind of product that might have to endure something like this, that wants to um, use corrosion as a factor on their design, I think they should test it in the Outer Banks. Um, you know, any yeah. kind of heat and air conditioning company or, or, or whatever it might, whatever industry it might be, if they're testing for corrosion, I think they should do it here because this is probably the worst it gets. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never thought about that. I, I know that, you know, I, I'm in Virginia Beach, so they, when I bought my car, you know, they sprayed the bottom of it with a, a corrosion protectant type of thing. I, I wonder if that's similar to what they put on those HVAC systems. No, it's not. I, I know what you're talking about. It's the undercoating, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And no, it's not even close. Uh, that's it. It does do a good job for that, for those situations. Um, there's a, it's a different monster. Um, yeah. You know, um, as a matter of fact, speaking of cars, you know, you don't, you don't buy an, a, a vehicle here that's been on the beach. A used vehicle here that's been on the beach for a while. Cause it, it's so it's probably the frames corroded you know or something like that it has corrosion issues um undercoatings are are i think they're like a tar kind of sticky i don't think they ever really get hard or dry yeah yeah it was some type of like spray on yeah protectant cool well if you were if you were ever talking to someone who was wanting to start their own hvac company in a new town what's some advice you'd give them um, well, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, well, it depends on what town you're starting it in. Uh, you know, I think if they were starting it in this town, um, that they really, and if they're not from here and they don't know the area well, I think they should really do the research prior because, uh, it's, it's, it's like the twilight zone here when it comes to the way you approach your business and your customers and, um, your selling tactics and, um, so, um, you know, there's, it's, it's different here. Uh, if you were to go into another part of town, I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, all those gimmicky sales pitch kind of things, they, they, they would probably work, um, somewhere else, yeah. not here because you're just not in front of the customer. Um, uh, it's, uh, but it's a learning curve for sure. It's been fun. It's been interesting. I've learned a lot about um, the industry. I've learned a lot about um, people, and I've learned a lot about myself and uh, and and marketing. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. We're always looking for HVAC contractors to be our guests on the show. 
If you're interested in being a guest, head over to RivalDigital.com and get in touch with us. We'll be glad to get you scheduled so that we can hear your story and learn more about your business.